Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Well, here we are. It is the last month of Digging Deep for the 2022-23 God of All Comfort study. We are in Diggy Bit number one. We've been assigned to read the book of James and look for comfort in the book of James, several assignments from that book. Today, I want us to look for a little bit at James chapter 4, beginning in verse 13, where it says, In the King James Version, go to now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you really don't know what shall be on the morrow for what is your life. It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. It is a puff of smoke. For you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. So as I think about that, I find, and I know that this is kind of a backward spin on this, but there is a great deal of comfort in knowing that my father, the one who pities me, the one who looks upon me as his child, the one who wraps me up, uh, we learn in the story of David and Abigail, I think that's First uh, Samuel 25, when we read that account, the king of Israel at that time was described as being in the bundle of the living. He was wrapped up in a bundle of the providence of God. And as I think about being the child, living in such a vulnerable world with so many variables and never being able to be sure of what will be on the morrow, it's a great comfort that my father knows. He always knows, and his will is, Romans eight twenty eight ever present in my day-to-day activities. That is a great comfort for me. I was reading the other day about the U.S. troops storming the beaches of Normandy, on July on June the 6th and we've read about that from many different um, sources through the years it's it's a very interesting thing to explore what happened on that day and I was reading about why it was actually called D-Day and there's a lot of confusion about why it's actually called D-Day but Eisenhower said through his Executive Assistant General Robert Schultz, any amphibious operation has a departed date. So therefore, the shortened term D-Day is used. This is the departed date. And he said there were actually several other D-Days during the war, but Normandy was just the biggest and the most well-known. What I wanted us to notice about D-Day just for a second, is that so much planning went into the exact time, the exact military presence, the the ammunition, the landing vehicles, the tide had to be exactly right, a near full moon was needed. I mean, so much planning went into that. But our planning is always susceptible 
to the vulnerabilities of the life we live here on this testing planet Earth. A lot of weather-related requirements were necessary. The days needed to be long for maximum air power usage. They needed a full moon to guide the ships and the troops, and they had to have really strong tides, enough to um, expose the beach obstacles at low tide and to float these landing vehicles that had their supplies in them far onto the beach during the high tide. So this hour of delivering these of delivery of this military operation actually was also very crucial because it relied on those tides to be rising at that exact time that the beaches were stormed. And there needed to be at least an hour of daylight just beforehand so that they could be sure that they could accurately hit the targets. So they looked at the days in May and June that seemed to fit those requirements, and they finally, dis- they finally settled on June the 5th as being the peak time for the success of this beach invasion. But as it approached, there was a forecast that showed only a very small time frame of good weather for that day. And so at the very last minute, the D-Day, that famous storming of the beaches of Normandy, was switched to the early hours of June 6th. When I think about that, my mind is drawn to the fourth chapter of James. You know, we have to be really careful, no matter how big of an operation, how much homework we've done, how much planning went into it. We have to be really careful that we understand who's still in control and that we, as people on this planet, Earth, are in the midst of a testing ground. There are variables and difficulties and challenges trials and sorrows that come along with living on this earth and they are a part of the test to see if we can for this very short window of time that we call life depend on God if we can decide that I want to be fit for heaven rather than to melt into the temptations that might make this life easier for the moment I'm going to live for heaven. That's the conscious decision that we make. And then we rest. And only then really can we rest in the knowledge that God is on our side, that he is going to be sure that whatever occurs in our lives is what is ultimately and eternally best for each one of us as his children. There's a great deal. I know we read that. We don't know what happens on the morrow. And we've known, you've known people who close their eyes at night with a big plan for what they were going to do the next day. And they woke up in, in an eternal heaven or hell. Most of the people, of course, who pass from this life wake up with an eternal sorrow that they'll never get over. And... That is because of the vulnerability, of course, of our lives here on this earth and the rejection of God's 
security that he offers us during this short window of our testing time. Let's read it again. Go to now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It's a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away. You ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. We cannot rejoice, verse 16, in our own boastings or vauntings because all such rejoicing is evil and vain. To him who knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. We have so much comfort in knowing that all people in the world are going to face trials and vulnerabilities. But we have this advantage in that our Father does know what is on the morrow. And all of his knowledge is put to the best interests of the children whom he loves enough to give his son on Calvary. I hope you have a great day.